Here's today's God Heals Hurting Marriages with Charlene Steinkamp. Hi, it's Charlene. Several years ago, we were blessed to have Greg and Missy from New Mexico share at one of our conferences. They testified about the work God had done in their marriage following a separation that almost ended in divorce and with a non-covenant child being born while Greg was away from home. Missy was staying at home praying with their daughter, waiting for God to do their miracle. I'm so excited to share their testimony with you today because I know that you will be encouraged to hear how their marriage was restored despite the mistakes Greg and Missy made. God is bigger than any of us, and He is the only one who will bring about your marriage restoration. Be blessed while you listen. How y'all doing? Isn't it just amazing that we are all here tonight? Isn't it an incredible opportunity for us to be here? And more so than that, the opportunity that God has given me to be here with my wife. I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for this ministry, but most of all, I'm grateful for the work of Jesus Christ in our life. I'm Greg. This is my amazing wife, Missy. Still my wife, which is is an amazing fact in itself. Um, We have a short time to talk to you tonight, so I'm not going to go into a a lot about our whole story, but we'll kind of hit the high points for you. And I want Missy to be able to talk to you specifically because I don't know what it's like to to be a stander. (laughs) I know what it's like to be on the other end of of things, and and, uh, I I know that there's some interest in in knowing that thought process, but the most important thing is is what God has done in our lives and and how, how he worked through Missy to show me the love of Christ. And, and I want her to be able to talk to you about that a lot. So let me just hit the high points for us. Um, Missy and I, we, we met a long time ago. Uh, we actually were high school sweethearts, and, and we uh, were together for quite some time before we got married. We were married in 1996, and we were married for uh, 12 years before things sort of kind of came crashing down uh, back in... 2009, and uh, everything culminated to the point where I decided I was going to leave, and I did so for nearly two years, and God did work in our lives during that time, and, and again, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Missy kind of hit uh, the important parts of that for you, um, but suffice it to say, he did work in, in our lives and bring us back around to the point in 2010 where I, I finally got a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a clue and decided to listen to what God was, was telling me through circumstances and then just through uh, him speaking to my heart as well. And I did uh, ask to, to come back home uh, in, uh, what, mid-October of 2010, and, and then I, I ended up coming home uh, permanently in November, mid mid-November of that year, uh, which was just about uh, less than 30 days before our divorce would have been final, and we were able to uh, actually go to the lawyer together and, and, uh, and withdraw that from the courts, which was an amazing thing to be able to do and, and uh, something obviously that was in Missy's heart the whole time and she was very clear with me uh, through the whole process that that was not uh, at all what she wanted uh, for us and for our, our marriage and, and I was very clear with her that 
I didn't care at all what she wanted for our lives and our marriage um, until the point where where it uh, it all turned around. And it was one of those suddenly type of, of moments where, um, in in my heart and my thinking, things went from heading heading one direction and and what I knew in my heart I wanted and and needed for my own life to a complete turnaround to coming back home and you know obviously there were some some things that were still working out with that and we're continuing to do that this is a this is not a, a done deal but it's a it's a process that we work through and it's a process that that the holy spirit works with us um but I did come home in uh, in late 2010 and uh then that following year yeah almost almost a year a little over a year oh. later yeah. <laughs> that, that I came, came home, um, we had our son. We, we have a, a, a new son, 18 months old now. And so God has blessed us with a, a wonderful addition to our family and, and also I, I think a wonderful testimony to, to the work that he's doing, the, the restoration that he's doing in, in our lives. Um, unfortunately, uh, during the time apart, uh, I was obviously not living the most upstanding of, of lives. And, and I also have a, another son that was born um, in 2010 uh, who was from an, another relationship that uh, was already ended by the time that, that the child was, was born and, and I came home shortly after, after that child was born. Um, one of those things that uh, we have to deal with on a, on a daily basis, something that, that obviously is, is not what we would like to have in our lives, and it's a difficulty that we, we deal with, but it's, uh, it's also something that I think God is using to teach us a lot and, uh, and seeing that although he does restore uh, a lot in our lives, he, he restores us as a, as a couple, he restores our, our souls, he restores our relationship with him, uh, sometimes there's still things that, that we have to deal with uh, because of the decisions that were made. And unfortunately, I made some bad decisions. And those decisions uh, sometimes have, have consequences. Praise God, sometimes those decisions uh, we can, can uh, be exempt from the consequences of, which is, is great. Uh, and other times we have to, have to walk them out. But the Lord is faithful in, in taking us through those things as well. And I know that, that Missy could kind of give you her perspective on that. It's uh, it's one thing for me to deal with. It's an entirely different thing for for Missy to have to deal with, and it's it's one of those realities that sometimes comes into a restored marriage as well. Um, but like I said, we were restored back in late 2010. So we're going on nearly three years now, and things are are going very well. But the the thing that is most important is the work that that. That Christ is doing in us. I think that above all else, uh, you know, we just sang that song, which is a wonderful song. It's great, great to prepare us to come up here and speak and be all emotional and torn up and make it difficult to talk. But you know, the the fact of the of the song is, is talking about us, us standing on, on Christ, our solid rock, and that everything else is is sinking sand. And and I think that we can all agree with that point. Um, in theory, it's very it's very easy to look at it and, and think, yeah, I, I know that, I agree with that, I I know that Christ is our is our rock. But when you when you're actually in the fight and you're in the midst of that, 
you, you better know. You've got to know what you're standing on. Are you standing on Christ as your rock? Is, is Christ what we're going to build our, our restored marriage on? Or is it going to be on our hopes and dreams of, of what we were going to be and accomplish and, and what we thought our lives were going to be like? Um, I think there's a big difference between chasing after a, a restored marriage for the purpose of fulfilling your dreams of what your life was going to be like and the purpose of restoring your marriage to be a, a testimony and, and bring glory to God through your lives and through, through the ministry that he established uh, through that restoration. Uh, if, if what we're doing here and what, what is happening with, with Missy and I and what's happening with each of you, if what we're doing is not to the glory of God, then I, I really wouldn't, I wouldn't have it. You know, our marriage before... I didn't want that back, but our marriage now, I wouldn't trade it for anything because I know that we are, we're doing it for the purpose that, that Christ has for us, not for our own benefit, not for our own comfort, and, and not because it, it makes us look good in the eyes of the world, but because Jesus Christ will be glorified through what has happened in our lives. That being said, there was a lot of junk between when we started this thing and, and now, and I would certainly open the mic to Missy to tell you uh, some of what she went through and, and, uh, and really be able to highlight for you some of, the, of the, the ways that she stood and showed herself to be firm in her faith and belief and the way that she showed the love of Christ through what she was doing to me. And obviously that made a difference. So. Um, we're so glad to be here, and me being quiet that long is just amazing in itself. <laughs> um, but again, it's a constant working that the Holy Spirit's doing, which is a working he's working in me. Um, I'm sure you've heard Charlene say many times, zip your lips, and I am the number one case study of learning how to do that, or needing to learn how to do that still. Because um, this is a continued process, and it's much easier to zip your lips when you don't have to walk back inside with the person or be with them for five hours nonstop after they've said the thing they just said to you. So just FYI, you're zipping your lips um, is a continuational process, and, and I am still a very fledgling at that process. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to hit back on a few things he said. Um, before I do that, I'm going to share with you a scripture that um, through another stander who I did not know, nor did I know their story, she wrote me a very nice note about a week after Greg left, and in the note was this scripture. And I'm sure each of you have scriptures that mean a lot to you. This one means a lot to me, and tonight is the fulfillment of some of it. Okay, Genesis 50, 20. As for you, you meant evil against me. God, but God meant it for good. To bring, about, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive. And that's the part that God really spoke to my heart at that moment was not that it was just to bring good for me, but to bring good for many, which would give glory to him. And when we were sitting here singing, I thought, God, here we are. And there's many. 
Um, and I apologize that I do blubber a lot, and it's gotten worse with age. Um, but like many of you, Greg and I promised each other we weren't going to go into a lot of details, but I'm just going to do a little bit more than he did because I know where you are, and I know I wanted to have a little more details, and I'm a woman, and he's not, so there you go. Um, but I thought everything was fine and wonderful until about two weeks before it all just fell apart. And we were church-going people. I accepted Christ very young, at like four. I can remember in the church pew where I was at. and um, So all that said is everything looked fine from the outside. And even to me, from the outside, it looked fine. But from the inside, obviously, there was a lot of problem because perfect things don't fall apart like that. Um, Greg and I both come from a building um, construction profession, and so we both know that, you know, solid buildings don't fall apart just by accident. And so, and usually, like in the case of maybe a water leak, um, it goes undetected for a really long time before you realize, like, half the building is destroyed. And that's kind of how I visioned our marriage at, when it started falling apart. And, um, and I wasn't all wonderful and good by any means in this process. I'm the one who actually asked him to leave the house. And then I very kindly, or not so kindly, um, packed all of his belongings and kind of said, here's your junk, get out. So I wasn't the picture of beauty in all this by any means. Um, thank God for Google because that's how I found Rejoice Marriage Ministries. But even before I found them, God was already like tweaking in my heart that it wasn't okay just to walk away and say, this is ridiculous and I'm done. Um, our child at the time, who was three at that time, she is has a keen sense of prayer, which I thank God for her. And she spent many hours praying with me and for her daddy. And so um, your children are very instrumental in two or three gathered together. So I found Charlene. I also found a very wonderful church home and had a very wonderful pastor who, again, none of us are perfect. He even questioned me a few times about, okay, now, why are we doing this? And, and, you know, and even though I would share scriptures with him and he would share them back with me, he agreed with me. But I think a lot of what he was doing was kind of like what a personal trainer does. Not that I work out. I don't. So I can't really tell you. But I watch it on TV. Um, what a personal trainer might do to their whatever you call those people who have personal trainers. Um, but it was his personal training of me, like, now why do you believe that? Where did you find that? Um, who told you that? You know, can you show me that? And I think, I, well, I know, because we know him very well now. Um, he believed it with me all along, but he was also helping me build a foundation for me, not for, because everybody said it. Because I had lived a lot of my life just believing what I had been told, not ever reading the Bible myself. Um, a few things in this process, I was telling Greg some of this when we were driving. We don't talk about this a whole lot, to be actually honest. We don't have these big, like, I envisioned that we would someday sit down and have all these conversations. 
we don't. And, you know, really it's better for all of us because then I don't blubber and it just, it's done. And so that's good. God's gracious. But um, one of the things that I knew I had to do was read that word from cover to cover my own self. And so I brought here with you tonight, this is my handy, worn, take it everywhere I go. And actually I have a new one now, but I brought you the old one because this is kind of how I lived. It was like IV support. And I just implore you that don't do this because it feels right or it looks good or whatever. Just do it so that you know Jesus. Um, and back to the song, it's funny because I was thinking the same thing he was thinking, but, you know, Christ wants us to stand on him personally, one-on-one, -on -one, more, even more than he wants us to be married or even more than he wants us together. And that's, I had spent a lot of years doing a lot of other things, but doing the good things of going to church and, you know, helping in this and doing that, but not knowing him personally. The standing was, of course, in the process. The zipping your lips was a foreign concept, like I had never heard anything like that in my life. And so, literally, there were days I had to literally bite my tongue. Um, Greg probably doesn't think I did that, but I really did. Mm, pretty well. Um, and then just other things, you know, Christ started working in my heart to do things or to say or to be. I shouldn't say be away, but to change how I was, to be more conformed, to be like him. And a lot of them weren't really hard things. They were just things I had never stopped five minutes to give him a chance to say, hey, Missy, I'd really like you to bake brownies more often. Or, hey, Missy, um, I'd really like you to be quiet more often and listen to what other people say. Or, hey, Missy, you know, I really would rather you not um, join in conversations that are demeaning. I mean, they were little things. But through all those little things, it was refining. And it was changing me. Um, there also became some very distinct points that um, I had to learn to find my joy in him, not in him. And that was really hard. It was very difficult, especially when you feel devastated. And also not to go look to somebody else to find your joy besides him, like, you know, your kids or your mom or whoever else. But just to, I would go often outside. And in Texas, you'll understand this. The Florida folks might not. But I would often go outside and sit on my back porch and look at the sky, and when you can see the bajillions of stars, and think, if God can put out all those stars, and he's been doing it for since the beginning of time, then this really isn't a big deal. And I shouldn't walk around all day with the storm cloud over my head. Um, so that being said, so then suddenly, literally, suddenly, we had had a really great family vacation. Greg actually went with us. We had had a really great family vacation, and uh, we came home, and I was like, okay, it's right around the corner. This is great. He's spending all this time with us. It's a great family vacation. All this great stuff happened. I came home, and about a week later, I got divorce papers. <laughs> and I politely 
and not so godlikely yelled at the sheriff who delivered them. Um, I'm still kind of embarrassed when I see him around town. <laughs> Luckily, I don't think he knows who I am. <laughs> but um, we just saw him the other day. <laughs> um, and um, I got baptized in the middle of all that. That's kind of a whole other story in itself. But Greg came to the baptism, which that was a big deal too. Um, anyway, so I got the divorce papers, and then I was just completely like, okay, God, I'm so confused. But... That was a very distinct point, too, because it was one of the big things that happened, and it didn't just crumble me and send me, like, under the bed. And so I went to the lawyer. Of course, I told him that, you know, that's not what I wanted, and I didn't want to do that, blah, blah, blah. And I was still praying. It didn't matter, blah, blah, blah. I went to the lawyer, um, who was recommended by our pastor and the lawyer. Anyway, long story short is within... It got delayed once, and then Greg called me literally out of the blue. And I would always try to take his phone calls, and I was in a client meeting, and I couldn't. I didn't take his call, and he left me a message to call him, so I called him right back. And I don't think I even got a hold of him. I think he had to call me. And uh, he asked if he could come over, and I was like, sure, absolutely, come over. And he said, I want to come home. And I said, Okay, well, actually, I didn't even say anything. I had nothing to say. I don't know if you remember that, but I remember sitting on the couch just thinking, holy moly, he just said it. And, like, I didn't have any words to say, not one. But, of course, I was, I had already told him he was welcome anytime, you know, whenever he wanted. He moved home, and I just want to say a little brief thing about all that. Um, he didn't move home, like, in a husband and wife manner, just like that. He moved in our spare bedroom. He lived in his bedroom. I lived in my bedroom. You know, we conducted business like on a roommate status, you know, and um, there were some awkward times, but they were good times too because we were starting new. We weren't just taking up with the old. Um, and then some very gracious friends who also have restored marriage. They were never actually separated, but they had a lot of issues that it's just a miracle they weren't separated, offered us um, an opportunity to attend a retreat actually here in Dallas at the Gaylord, the um, Family Life, is that the name of those? Um, and we attended that retreat, and that's kind of when everything turned around. And at the end of that retreat, they have a renewal of your marriage vows, and so that's what I call my second anniversary. Um, and that's really when everything turned around, is that that, that was the moment God kind of, put them on this. And so um, I just have a few little things I wanted to share with you tonight. Greg was laughing at me because I was really stressed about talking. I didn't know what I was going to say. And then when we were singing, it all just came. These are a couple scriptures that, I mean, this is just where I've been reading daily lately. And it seems like it's very applicable. And then when we were singing, it just, it just really made sense. But um, in Isaiah, and I'm going to read to you out of the message. In Isaiah 8, 11 through 15, it says, Don't fear what they fear. Don't take on their worries. If you're going to worry, worry about the holy. Fear God, the God of angel armies. The holy can, can be either a hiding place or a boulder blocking your way. The rock standing in the willful way of both houses of Israel a barbed wire fence preventing trespassing to the citizens of Jerusalem. 
Many of them are going to run into the rock and get their bones broken, get tangled up in the barbed wire, and not get set free. And then down in verse 16 it says, While I wait and hope for him, I stand my ground and I continue to hope. And I prayed a lot that he would run into a boulder and be broken. That it was me who got broken in the process. And then over in Luke, Luke 6, 46 through 49, it says... Um, I can't even read from through my contacts. Um, if you can work the word, if you can work the, well, I'm going to back up a little bit. Why are you so polite with me? And you always say, yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but you never do a thing I tell you. These things I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words, words to live and build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. When the ribbon burst its banks and crushed against the house, nothing could shake it. It was built to last. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation. When the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards, and it was a total loss. And that's just, that's a constant. That's even today, like, we're not done by any means. And so um, I just want to caution you to, you know, hope first. Actually be obedient, because to me that's what that says is obedience. And I was telling Greg, it's obedience and all kinds of weird things, like, I know God told me not to hang any of my clothes on his side of the closet, and so I didn't. But it was really tempting. I really wanted to use his side of the closet. <laughs> we live in an old house, and we don't have hardly any closet, and it would have been so easy to hang stuff on his side of the closet. But I knew God said, don't do that. And so I didn't do it. I wasn't always obedient in everything, but that was a little example. And then lastly, in, back to Isaiah, and Isaiah, uh, I didn't write down this, and this message doesn't have it all laid out, so I'm sorry, I can't tell you exactly where it is in Isaiah right this second. But it says, his words will bring everyone to odd attention. A mere breath from his lips will topple the wicked. Each morning, he'll pull up dirty work clothes and boots and build righteousness and faithfulness in the land. And uh, that's where we are today. God has his sturdy work boots on with us and his work clothes, and he's working in us. And uh, we're real excited because Greg didn't tell you, but he left a very prominent position and a very good job to come home. And not just to come home to me, but to come home to Christ so that he could further what God wants him to do. And I'm really proud of him for that because... It would have been easy to come home and to fix most of the stuff. But it was, I know it's a big deal that he came home and he left everything. But not for me. He did it for him. I think let's just wrap up by um, just 
bringing it back to to the the main point that all of this the 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 walk that every one of you are going through and the walk that we're going through is is purely by the grace of God. It is it is God's grace that has brought you here. It is God's grace that that we have trials and tribulation in our in our lives because it's through those tri- tribulations and trials that He perfects us, that He brings us to the point that He wants us to be. It's through His grace that we have storms and things that hit us out of the blue because that gives us the opportunity to to show His glory through our life. And that's what we're here for, to glorify God with our lives, not to glorify ourselves, not to, to make ourselves better or to you know make our lives great and happy. We're here to glorify God. And if we can do that in this situation, and if... If she can do that in the situation that, that she was placed in, then what you reap from that is just astounding. Because I can tell you, it is God's grace that has brought us to this point, and it's God's grace that is continuing to work through our lives. But if it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't for Missy showing his grace to me and not showing what I rightfully deserved, none of this would have, would have happened. None of it. Because I would not have known and seen the love of God. I would not have understood the love of God because I didn't know that before. I didn't understand how that operated. It it just wasn't in me at all. But her showing that and walking it out wasn't always perfect. (laughs) Sometimes she, you know... Well, okay, just once she threw something, but that was that was it. It wasn't always perfect, and and I and I put her through great trial, and she withstood that well. But the only way that she withstood that was because of the grace of God. It wasn't what Missy was doing, but because of what she allowed Christ to do through her, it showed Christ's love to me, and that has done. A great work and has begun a great work in us, and He will continue that great work in us because He promises to do that. I pray you were very blessed as you heard their first testimony and their transparency, and now they have made a full CD that's in our bookstore. And I pray you will go and purchase Rooted in Love, that you will get to hear so many more details about the process of their marriage restoration and that will encourage you and give you hope for your marriage. Let me pray our short prayer for you today. Lord, we thank you for the standard hearing this testimony of hope and encouragement. And now I pray that they will get excited and be filled up with your faith, hope, and trust and believe what the Lord has done for others, that he will do it for them as you are no respecter of persons. We just ask that you would touch this dear person that's listening to this and regardless of whatever circumstances that they are facing, that they are going to seek your face, your will, your way, asking questions and listening for your guidance and following your steps. Lord, I pray that this dear one will stop listening to the negativity that's coming around them, but they will keep their eyes on you and that they will believe that God is a God of miracles 
and he created marriage and what God has created. He hates divorce. May we stand in the gap for our precious husband or wife and never give up because of the circumstances. And may this couple, Greg and Missy, be the, one of the people that are going to be encouraging them and guiding them and speaking and teaching them how they got through the crisis that they had in their marriage. And may you move quickly in all of their hearts and lives by changing them and transforming them. And we'll just give you all the praise and the glory of how you're going to restore and resurrect this hurting and dead marriage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.